This team needs a total fresh start. The ground is poisoned in Dallas. New city, new coach, new quarterback. Ben, what I've just read to you is a quote from the Dallas Cowboys subreddit uh, at the start of the second quarter of Sunday's game. It was bad at that point. Uh, that that has an accurate pulse of, I think, most uh, irrational Cowboy fans and even rational fans were close to jumping off the ledge or opening up the bleach bottle. I've got a whole bunch of great ones. We'll save them for uh, when we get to that point in the game. Uh Suffice it to say, it was a roller coaster on Sunday. Uh, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. This and is this is boys will boys be boys. Will be boys. Uh, ben, I'm I'm still kind of in shock about Sunday. That was uh, quite the ride. I, I think if we have games like that every week, I'll be dead of a heart attack by the bye week. It was so bad that I wasn't. Uh, you almost weren't even angry in the beginning, or I was, it was just like, "Wow, we're just really gonna come out and just shit the bed." Like it was so bad that it was almost uh, comical, you know. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. something wild, dude. That's, I will say that I think that the first quarter of this game is the worst quarter of Cowboys football I've ever seen. And that could be recency bias. It could be that, like, I don't have a good memory of, like, 2003 Dallas Cowboys games. But post, like, Romo era and beyond, I don't think I've ever seen that bad of a game. I really don't. Well, it's hard to imagine one worse when you fumble four times on your first four possessions and go for a short arm a fake punt and there are uh, so many questions i mean we did okay so for those who didn't watch the game the cowboys did win this game 40 to 39 in in probably the most ridiculous fashion i will say this if you're a falcons fan and you've somehow stumbled onto this podcast you have my unending sympathy i cannot i mean you've been through the super bowl the 28 to 3 you've become a meme and then this game it's like you've invented a new way to collapse. It is innovation at its finest. Well, I actually was watching this with an Atlanta Falcon fan, and it was just so two fan bases that are so conditioned to their team losing. Because I told him when they were up 20 nothing, I was like, trust me, this won't be a total ass kicking. Dallas will do what it does, make some comeback and garbage time, and we'll lose by like three or four. We'll get close and then ultimately lose somehow. And he's like, okay, well, if any team can blow this lead, it's Atlanta. So <laughs> now it's Atlanta, like rang a I, little I, truer. I worked, I covered Atlanta for work for like two and a half years. And I traveled to Atlanta like almost monthly. I spent a ton of time there. And while Atlanta is like its own city, as is Dallas, like they do have a ton in common. Like I feel like if you've lived in Dallas or you grew up in Dallas and you moved to Atlanta, you'd feel very at home. Um and clearly that that similarity extends to the modern era of its two football teams because they both just have this their fan bases are just like traumatized at this point where you're just like no lead is safe no you know no like self destruction is impossible there's always a way to shoot yourself in the foot when you are a Falcons or a Cowboys fan so this is really like the showdown of the two most snake bitten franchises in the modern NFL 
Dude, yeah. They they even top us because they they're still I don't know if they'll ever get over the fact that they blew a twenty eight to three lead in the Super Bowl. Like that not with the same them. coach. I mean, the fact that Dan Quinn still has a job, he's gotta have like damaging material. It's quite on shocking, Blank, right? He's got He's reaching Jason Garrett status where people are like, how is this guy still employed? Well, and like Jason Garrett had the you whole know, like, okay, family friend of the Joneses. He was the quarterback here. So he had all this kind of like credit built up like sentimentally with the, the ownership. Dan Quinn's just some guy. And after that Super Bowl <laughs> collapse, you think that'd be it. Then he underperformed a couple more times. And then last season had another total collapse and he's, it's not like they don't have talent. This roster, at least offensively, is loaded, dude. I mean, well, probably the best receiver core in the NFL. Yeah. Atlanta, they really outside of that one Super Bowl run have probably underperformed. I don't really know. Their defense has never been very good, but they have a Dan really Quinn good. give a shit about defense, so that's probably. He was a defensive coordinator in Which Seattle. Is, yeah, but they've just never, you know what I mean? Like, I've. What? When's the last time? I mean, the only defensive player I can name from Atlanta ever is Deion Sanders, and that's <laughs> roughly ten thousand years ago. I mean, I knew I know they don't have a currently good D, but I thought that was like the general idea of why they got him. But yeah, he's a. Uh, anyway, well, I apologize to Atlanta fans, but uh, you know we will get into the Cowboys coming back from way down we'll review the game we'll as always. this whole thing and i'll be honest ben i had to rewatch this game in preparation for the podcast because uh <laughs> i shut this motherfucker off for you did a quarter. I, was gonna, I was gonna get to, to the text andy sent me in the middle of this game um i could not since i was watching it with a fan and then we'll preview as always the uh the who do we play seattle seahawks this week Yeah, matchup with the old russ on fire russell wilson Russ is cooking, and uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have some other little things. Andy's got some some fun stuff to read. Bets will be bets at the end, as always. So let's uh, let's just hop right into it. Go. Where uh, I already yeah, told you where I was it. watching this game. Where were you? Uh, where were you at? I was at the crib. Uh, Cassie was working on some homework, so it was just me alone in the living room, and I was hyped up. I was ready to watch this game, and uh, took a little break in the middle to go work out because I was so pissed off. I just turned the game off and went out to the garage. I came back for, it was halftime. So I missed a little chunk in there, but uh, yeah, I observed this all from the living room. Yeah. You did text me, Jesus Christ, we are losing this game. Dude, what is happening? Oh, don't worry. I'm turning the game off. These are just your texts. We, I was, we were going back and forth here, but the more the more we this team needs to win, the worse they show up. We are such a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it got dark. I was ready to give it up was on the full season. meltdown. Well, I was like, we're done. It was about as ugly a start as you could ever think. Cowboys were favored somehow going to this game. I guess because Atlanta does collapse as often as we do. And uh, we got the ball first, and or no, they got the ball first, and it actually looked like it was gonna be okay. It started uh, out pretty nicely. Um, so they they got the we punt, we kicked off to them, uh, which meant we got the ball at halftime, which I was excited about. Um, you know, first and ten for the twenty-five, they hand off to newly acquired running back Todd Gurley. Uh, he gets three yards. Tank Lawrence takes him down. They go to Gurley again. Uh, he gets five yards. Tank Lawrence takes him down, and then. Uh, 
on third down. Matt Ryan tries to throw to, to Gage, incomplete. Three and out by the defense. Not too okay. shabby. Okay. So I'm like, all right, this is a great start. This is really good. Um, Tony Pollard goes in to take the first series uh, of the because game. Because why? I do not know. Uh, but first and 10 on the Dallas 23, they give it to Pollard. He gets three yards. Uh, Tack McKinley stops him. Uh, Tack McKinley played a hell of a game before he went out with injury. He was balling pretty hard, so kind of caught a break there. But uh, second and seven, uh, Tony Pollard gets the ball again. He goes for a yard. He gets stuck. He fumbles. It's recovered by Atlanta. Uh, this was not great. Uh, they they said that the uh, runner was not down uh, by contact, and then the play was reversed. So this ended up not being a fumble, but it was a, it was a sign fumble. of things to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do end up keeping the ball third and four. Dak tries to throw to Dalton Schultz. Oh, God. Shocking incompletion. Uh, fourth down, we punt. So three plays, six yards, including an almost fumble. 46 seconds off the clock. Atlanta gets the ball back. Uh, first and 10. Todd Gurley goes for five yards. Second and five, Matt Ryan tries to go deep to uh, Hayden Hurst. That is incomplete. And then third and five, he tries to go deep to Gage. That is incomplete. Another three and out for the defense. Matt Ryan didn't look very sharp in the first quarter, even though they take a big lead. Um, He kind of settles in and looks better throughout the game, but he was really missing some throws early in this one. Yeah, and then by the time he figured it out, it's like his receivers fell apart. It was a weird situation. So the Cowboys do get the ball back here. Uh, 11.50 to play in the first quarter, and both teams are on their second possession because it's just been such a horrible start for both offenses. Um, So Zeke is in this time. Uh, First play, he goes for three yards. Uh, Second and seven, Dak tries to go deep to Amari Cooper. That's incomplete. And then on third and seven, uh, Dak gets... Uh, sacked by Dante Fowler. He tries to like shovel pass it out as he's going to the ground. This and very much remind me of like young Romo used to always yeah, do just like trying to, try to do to too much every play. Yeah. Just trying to do too much. Uh, he does fumble the ball and Atlanta recovers this ball at the Dallas 22 yard line. So that's your second fumble, uh, your first official fumble. Um, and so mentioning, uh, we didn't talk about this because actually at the time we recorded last week's pod, this had not popped up, but Tyron Smith had a neck injury and he misses this game. So you are without both your starting tackles because it's still on IR. Terrence Steele at left tackle and Brandon Knight at right tackle. Um, Terrence Steele did about as well as you'd think he did. Brandon Knight, surprisingly pretty decent, to be honest with you. I would be shocked if, if Tyron can go this week, which I have doubts. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Steele lost his gig to tonight. Uh, yeah, did I agree. Pretty well. So I, I would um, say until L gets back, we're going to see Brandon Knight in some. But yeah, having shape or form. as we all kind of panic because we're playing Atlanta now. And those of you who are diehard fans may remember the last time we played Atlanta without Tyron Smith. And we gave a guy pretty much his entire career sacking Dak seven times, eight times. He had, he had, he had nine sacks in his career before being out of the league. Six of them came in one afternoon against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. 
it was bad, man. That is forever the Chaz Green game. If you hear that name, that is instantly the game your mind goes to. So there is that a little bit of you fear. How high of a level the game is at, like, because honestly, like Chaz Green was probably really good, like in college and high school and shit. But man, he was he got into the wrong position at the wrong time and was up against a not that good of a player and just got beat like a drum all afternoon. Well. Jason never really threw a running back or tight end or, you know, did anything to help him out, to be fair. But, yeah, it was pretty I bet he told up. him to, like, he could do it, though. <laughs> Clap for him, you know? <laughs> so yeah, we, the, the Falcons do get the ball. There was a fear of that going bad, and I just wanted to bring that up because that's exactly what I was thinking as Dak gets sacked on, like, our second passing play of the game and, and fumbles. Yeah, not a great start. Uh so the Falcons do get the ball on our 22 yard line. And on the first play from scrimmage, uh, Matt Ryan throws a 22 yard pass to Calvin Ridley, who scores a touchdown. Ooh, immediately. I saw the film breakdown of this one. Uh, I love Cheeto, but he got burnt bad. Yeah, toasted. toasted. Ridley, Ridley turned Ridley, it and, and, and in, in all fairness, Ridley is a really good wide receiver. He leads the league in first down catches, yards, and touchdowns right now. So he's balling, but still. he is very good. So now it is seven to nothing. The Cowboys get the ball back. Um, for some reason, Pollard runs this one out of the end zone. Dude, I thought that was weird too. He got to the 13, which is <laughs> kind of how that works. Yeah. Pretty like, bad. So 13, we start on our 13. Uh, Dak hits uh, Dalton Schultz for a 15 yard pass. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Let's just go ahead and uh, get this out of the way. Me and Ben are a Blake Jarwin cadre. We support Blake Jarwin. No replacement for Blake Jarwin will do. I don't care how good Dalton Schultz did this time. He's a bum. All right. He's a bum. Look, no one, he shouldn't even be allowed to back up Starwin. That's how good Blake Jarwin is. So and if he thinks his job is safe with Blake Bell, aka the Belldozer, <laughs> breathing down his neck, he's got another thing coming. Dude, Blake Bell actually makes an appearance in this game, wildly enough. He does. He does. So 15 yards to, to Schultz, total luck. Uh, first and 10 at the <laughs> Dallas 28. Uh, Zeke Elliott uh, runs for three yards, fumbles. You know, I think That's, Zeke has a pregame thing, Goat, where he probably smokes a blunt before every game. I think this one he smoked a little bit too late. Like he kind of forgot about it and was like, oh shit, I better get this in. Cause he, he got, got a looked, phone call or something. And so it delayed yeah. the process by like <laughs> seven he minutes. Looked, he looked so out of it in the first quarter. He looked and then And then went on to ball, like went on to be Zeke Elliott. Yeah. So sure. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. So yeah, he, he fumbles it. Um, we do uh, recover. So at least we get the ball back. That's nice. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, throws to Zeke for eight yards on the next play. There's a penalty on Atlanta for roughing the passer. We get a couple of these. They were gunning for Dak hard. Um, so now we have the ball at the Atlanta 46, uh, first and 10 Zeke goes for four yards, fumbles again. Second fumble of the drive for Zeke. Uh, this one is recovered by Atlanta. Uh, that is your third fumble of the game. It is. Uh, nine and a half minutes to go in the first quarter, and we have fumbled Cowboys, four times. The Cowboys have ran ten plays, have three legitimate fumbles, and one almost fumble that was called back. So it's not going great, and this one does result in a turnover. 
it was uh i think this is when we text each other like jesus christ like what the fuck yeah, is, what going, is going on? on yeah it was just so unreal um so first and 10 at the atlanta 48 Gurley goes for three yards then matt ryan throws one to hurst for two yards on third and five uh matt ryan scrambles right up the middle for five yards and then on first and 10 for the dallas 42 uh hayden hurst is left wide open and matt ryan hits him with a 42 yard touchdown pass so you're going into uh, seven about halfway through the first quarter, and it's fourteen to nothing, Atlanta. And when I say wide open, I mean literally not a soul around him. Like he just like, completely like when got they're locked. showing the replay, it, you can't see any other players in the <laughs> the frame that they're showing this touchdown pass from. It's very weird. Um, and I, I mean, we had probably the greatest safety prospect in history. Uh, all world whirly on him. So I don't know how he slipped out of that fucking <laughs> vice of a, of a coverage scheme, but yeah, didn't go well. Uh, there is a unnecessary roughness call on Darren Wilson uh, on the kickoff. So we started our own 13. Um, so the second kickoff in a row, we're starting from our own 13. Uh, first and 10, Dak finds Dalton Schultz for 10 yards. Uh, clearly, the Ugh. Falcons just don't even respect Dalton Schultz. They're just leaving him wide open. They assume he'll drop it, which is a fair assessment in, in my view. If it, um, it's, you know, it's like when you play a team and you just decide to leave a, in basketball and you just leave a, a shooter wide open because you know he can't shoot. You're just like, yeah, just if he hits him, great. But like, that's kind of what Atlanta did with Schultz. I mean, he's just, which he's I can't blame him. That's a sound good, strategy. Though. Yeah. Uh, so, so that brings up first and 10 of the Dallas 23. Zeke goes, uh, he runs, he gets a four-yard loss. Tack McKinney hits him in the backfield. Uh, second and 14, uh, Dak hits CeeDee Lamb, who gets 10 yards. Third and four, Dak tries to go to Elliott. It is incomplete. And so here we bring, come to fourth and four on the Dallas 29. In our own territory, it's the first quarter. If we go into ball over you haven't gained a first down yet. Or sorry, one first down on this drive. And and you, and you go into punt formation. You snap the ball to Chris Jones. And Chris Jones attempts to throw a pass to <laughs> CJ Goodwin. Uh, the pass is thrown by a punter. Uh, it, is a, <laughs> it is a punting ball. So this is a slippery, like, specialized <laughs> kicking ball for the NFL. Uh, he short arms it. Goodwin does not make the catch and the Falcons get the ball at the Dallas 29 for what has got to be one of the most head scratching coaching decisions we've seen so far this year. I would say like ever, but like we've seen so many and man, Mike McCarthy wasn't done with this. Um, oh man. He I really wanted to get one of these fakes off this at least like the, it would have worked if our punter wasn't a punter, but I'm still, I just did not like, that call at that time on the 29 also, yard like, okay, line. Like, like, you, you know you're going to run this play, right? Like why CJ Goodwin? Like why not? Well, have... I guess he's on the coverage team. You can't like okay, throw like, out Amari like, Cedric Cooper. Wilson, Cedric Wilson's on the coverage team. Like he's a yeah. receiver. You know what I mean? Just like someone who, I mean, CJ Goodwin. Someone whose job is to, pass. someone whose job it is to catch footballs in the league. Yeah. yeah. So bizarre. Um, Atlanta gets the ball on our 29. Uh, they run uh, Hill. They get one yard before Lawrence and Jalen stop him. Second and nine, uh, Matt Ryan tries to go deep to Ridley. 
Uh, fortunately, that is uh, incomplete. Third and nine, uh, Matt Ryan tries to go short to Hill. Uh, he gets stopped for four yards. And so Dallas defense stands tough, gets a three and out right here. They're forcing him into a field goal, 17 to nothing uh, in the first quarter. And so then you've got uh, Dallas is getting going to get the ball back. It's 426 to play in the first quarter. You've already uh, turned it off at this point. This is when those texts you sent me where you were yeah, done. Yeah. So I, at this point, at 17 to nothing, I was like, I can't do this. I turned off the game. I went outside to my garage and I started lifting weights to try to just get rid of my anger. Um, Pollard uh, decides to run this one out again. He gets to the 22. Again, I'm just not totally clear on the running the kickoffs out of the end zone thing, but there's a penalty on Atlanta for face mask on this one, so we get to start our own 32, so that's nice. Uh, First and 10, uh, Dak throws it to Schultz. Uh, Schultz gets nine yards, and then Schultz fumbles. Of course Uh, he does. Not surprising. Uh, It is recovered by Atlanta. So Atlanta gets the ball again uh, on the Dallas 40. Uh, so Dallas has now had four fumbles in the game, legitimate fumbles, really five. and In one quarter of play. In one quarter and a, the worst fourth down fake. Of all time. What did I? Oh, dude, it was, it was bad. I literally just so, tested you. Schultz lost fumble, fourth fumble of the day. And you just went laughing my ass off. <laughs> was Jason yeah. secretly a good coach? These were the questions that were being asked at this time. People, dude, this was not an uncommon question. People were seriously like, maybe our team is just super shitty, and Jason was coaching them up, and we just all <laughs> thought they were talented. But so Atlanta gets the ball back. It's first and ten on the Dallas forty. They run Hill. He gets ten yards. They run Hill again. He gets three yards. Matt Ryan tries to go to Hurst. That's incomplete. Uh, so now it's third and seven. Uh, they go deep to Jones, and there's a defensive pass interference call on Trayvon Diggs. You weren't watching, but yeah, he uh, he got beat. They put him in the slot, and he that was a smart penalty by Diggs because that was <laughs> going to get roasted. Yeah. So first and ten from the Dallas fourteen, they run Gurley. He gets one yard. Uh, they run Gurley again. He gets another yard. Third and eight. Uh, Matt Ryan scrambles. He gets three yards before Alden Smith gets to him. Uh, so again, the Dallas defense in their starting in their own territory manages to get a stop, forces a field goal, twenty to nothing. Man, if they if they took care of it, they really should have gotten at least one touchdown there. Because or man, they could have easily been up been twenty-eight, up 28 to, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 24 nothing at least. I think you're good. But 20, I mean, next drive, we finally wake up. And I think, I don't know, I would have felt this way, Atlanta. But that's also because we're conditioned to think like, oh, shit. Like, we needed those points. We're only up 20. Fuck. Yeah. So Dallas gets the ball back. And this is the point in the game where apparently they finally um, they finally wake up. I, I did see the highlight of this when I rewatched the game. So this was, this touchdown is tight. Uh, so first and 10 for the Dallas 25 deck hits Cooper for 11 yards. Zeke goes up the middle for eight yards. There's a penalty for defensive holding. So we get another five first and 10 on the Dallas 49 Zeke goes for seven second and three uh, Dallas hits lamb for nine yards. 
Uh, then we do an end around with CD Lamb. He gets another nine yards, second and one at the Atlanta 26. Zeke goes for 10 yards, first and 10. Dak uh, does a little short pass to Elliott, gets blown up in the backfield uh, by Dark. I liked this, uh, liked this play, though, how it was set up. We yeah. had a, yeah. it's like a little bubble screen to Zeke. I know it didn't work, but it's really because CD made the worst block of all time. Like he, all he had to do was kind of get in front of Denard, and he's just like, Oh shit, I kind of forgot to block on the screen. Otherwise, I think and Zeke actually makes I, something. I love I love Zeke's screen plays. He does magic with them, so I'm I'm down for calling him all the time. Uh second and thirteen from the Atlanta 19. Dak uh does a little short pass up the middle to Blake Bell, the bell dozer. What do you know about that? Third and three. I'm pretty sure uh, he's not a tight end. He's just listed as red zone weapon in your, in your uh, program. The red zone weapon, <laughs> the X factor. He's kind of like Taysom Hill, except big <laughs> and slow. So third and three at the Atlanta nine, uh, we hand it off to Zeke. He gets seven yards. Um, first and goal at the two, Zeke goes for one yard. And then second and goal at the Atlanta one, uh, they hand it off to Zeke. Some poor DB tries to get leverage on mm. Zeke. He goes low. Zeke puts his thigh into this dude's shoulder, and I think he just breaks the dude's collarbone. Like the guy's screaming in agony in the end zone as Zeke runs him over. It's pretty oh. tight. It was a grown man run. That was badass. It really was. So Zeke on this drive alone, after two fumbles, all this shit, Zeke gets eight yards, seven. So that's fifteen. Uh, 25, 32, 33. So 34 yards and a touchdown on this drive. Not mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. shabby, Zeke. So, that's a full, uh, that's a full Saquon Barkley season right there. Oh, ri- ri- rip to the young God though. I, I feel bad. I put all that negative yeah, karma into the universe for him and. Unfortunately, it sounds like we'll we'll get to our around the league, but unfortunately, Saquon Barkley did tear his M- his ACL. He partially tore his meniscus and he damaged his MCL. He's done for the year. Oh, I um, never feel bad for the dude. I just had to make fun. His stat line was horrid. Yeah, he's awesome. still garbage. I mean, he was never good. You <laughs> hate to see someone get injured, uh, especially someone yes, who like, uh, especially someone who's like kind of a bubble player. Like you don't know if they're really good enough to be in the league in the first place. And now they're hurt. Well, plus like, like the, they come back next year, you know, plus the giants just signed Devonta Freeman. So they upgraded at it's huge back. upgrade. Um, it's yeah. Just if, we, if we could afford the licensing, I would be playing upgrade you by Lil Wayne right now, uh, to signify the <laughs> severity of the upgrade. <laughs> so Cowboys finally get on the board. It is 20 to seven. Um, but Atlanta wasn't done. Uh, first, and t- they get the ball back. First and ten from their own twenty-five. They immediately go deep to uh, Calvin Ridley. Gets twenty-five yard completion. Uh, first and ten from the fifty. Uh, they get an incompletion. Then they run Gurley, who gets eight yards. Uh, they get a direct snap to Gage, uh, and then he hands it off to Todd Gurley for one yard. So they started running this like wildcat package with Gage, who played quarterback in high school. He's now a wide receiver. Um, and this would come into play here shortly, uh, later in the game. So it's now fourth and one at the Dallas 41 and they just run Smith up the middle. He gets two yards. So, uh, can't get off the field first and 10 from the Dallas 39, uh, Matt Ryan hits Julio Jones for five yards, but there's a penalty for lowering the head to initiate contact on Jalen Smith. Kind of ticky tacky, but Hey, what are you going to do? 15 yards. 
First and 10 at the Dallas 19, Gurley gets three yards. Second and seven, uh, Matt Ryan scrambles up the middle for five. Then third and two at the Dallas 11, Gage gets four yards after a short pass from Ryan. Um, first and goal, they go to Ito Smith, who gets six yards. He gets the ball again on second and goal, but he gets stopped by Jalen for a two-yard loss. Uh, Dallas takes a timeout. Third and goal, uh, Calvin Ridley catches a pretty sweet three-yard touchdown pass from Matt Holy Ryan. Shit. And he turned around Jordan Lewis. He had like eight then, yards of separation in the end zone. Inexplicably, they decide that, I guess just for like the the nicety the of being up. Yeah, this yeah, was a weird, weird. So they decide to go for a two-point conversion here. Um, the attempt failed. failed, and that's... That would come back to to be a questionable call. Like in a game, you lose by one point. Going for two and failing is not a good thing. All right, look, I I know the nerds, the analytics people out there. I I, I follow a bunch of these guys, and I generally do agree about being aggressive and two and all. But one thing I'll never agree about is never go for two unless you have to. Unless that is like your whole stick and identity and you go for two like Pittsburgh one year, I swear went for two like 15 times. Unless you're like, Mike Leach and you have yeah, no like <laughs> Sure, yeah, like it, there's reasons to do it, sure. But like if that's not your team's identity, then we no, don't go – not up 16. Like what the fuck are you doing? Like Bizarre decision. Um, so the Cowboys get the ball back. They got six minutes to go in the half. Um, so first and 10 for the Dallas 25, Elliot runs, uh, he gets stopped for no gain. Second and 10 Dak does a little short past Elliot. He turns that into 11. Uh, Zeke was just getting so many yards after contact this game, dude. He was just dragging people massive distances. It was awesome. I don't know what kind of sweet HGH Zeke is on, but more please. Um, first and 10 of the Dallas 36, Zeke goes up the middle for four yards. Second and six from the 40. Uh, Dak does a little short pass to Pollard. He gets three yards. Third and three. Uh, Dak short pass out to Dalton Schultz, who gets eight yards. Again, probably just uncovered. I can't imagine there was any actual attempt at defense on this one. Um, first and 10 from the Atlanta 49. Uh, Prescott does a short pass out to Amari Cooper. He gets 12. And then first and 10 inside Atlanta territory. Um, so we got it to Amari. First and 10 at the Atlanta 37. Uh, Dak goes deep, hits Michael Gallup in the center of the field. It gets a nice 20-yard gain. First Michael Gallup sighting of the day would not be the last. First and 10 at the Atlanta 17. Zeke goes up the middle for four yards, but there's a penalty for offensive holding on Texas Tech legend Terrence Steele. Great job, Terrence. That was really cool yeah, of you. I know, but he's... An undrafted rookie. I just, he's doing his he's, best. I know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be too hard on this kid. He's not great, but he's going to get one or two of these, and he gets a false start on like literally two plays later. But hey, yep. So yeah, first and twenty at the twenty-seven. Uh, Dak misses uh, Michael Gallup. Second and twenty, we get a false start. So it's now second and twenty-five. Um, you know, for a for a drive that got all the way down to the seventeen, it sucks to now be on the thirty-two. Um, Dak does a little short dump off to Zeke. He gets six yards. We hit the two-minute warning. Uh, Dak then on third and 19, Dak can't find anyone open. He just scrambles up the middle. He gets 11 yards, but obviously that's short. Atlanta takes a timeout on fourth and eight. Greg Zerline hits a 33-yard field goal. That brings the score to 26-10. to 10. 
Uh, and so Atlanta's going to have a minute 46 left to run one final little series before Dallas gets the ball back at half. So Atlanta gets the ball in their own end zone. Uh, they decide to, uh, to run it out. Uh, they get to the 21 again. I don't know why anyone's running these balls out. This is bizarre to me. Um, but they give it to Todd Gurley. He gets seven yards, second and three. Uh, there is a penalty on Jake Matthews for false start. So now they're at second and eight on the 23. Uh, Matt Ryan does a little short pass to Gage. He gets 14 yards out of that. First and 10 to the 37. Matt Ryan hits Ridley for 11 yards. First and 10 at the 48. Matt Ryan passing complete to Todd Gurley. And there is a penalty on Alden Smith for defensive offsides. So that brings us first and five as Dallas 47. Uh, Matt Ryan goes deep to Calvin Ridley. Uh, he sees Ridley covered by all worldly. And that's, I mean, that's it. Like that's a, that's a wide open guy. So Ridley rips that for 24 yards. Um, first and 10 at the Dallas uh, 23. Matt Ryan tries to go deep to Julio. Uh, can't get it. Second and 10. Matt Ryan goes short to gauge. That is incomplete. Third and 10, they have Young Hoku come out, clip that 41-yard field goal, and Atlanta will uh, go into the half t- up 29-10. to 10. Uh, Dallas would get the ball. Uh, it's and like the longest first run out of bounds. Yeah, it really was. The first quarter was an hour long, which was crazy. There's like, I don't even, you can just tell there's like, I don't know, like eight drives a piece for these teams. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. So I don't know what I, I, I heard a little bit about halftime. Um, you know, McCarthy gave the classic, like, it's not about the score at this point. It's about, you know, can you we stand Matt up? Jason Garrett? Yeah, effectively. Um, <laughs> basically just like one play at a time. Like we've got to go out there and fight, blah, blah, blah. Um, I will say like, and we'll, we'll probably do a lot more of this discussion at the end of the game, but like, if there's one thing that does impress me a lot about this, this Cowboys game is that I watched so many of these type of games where like the, we, we suck or come out flat at the beginning and the team just rolls over and dies. They just, they know that, that it's over. They never find rhythm and they just kind of limp along through the game and, and lose. Um, this team did show a lot of mental toughness. they, got it together and they fought back for the entirety of this game. They played for 60 minutes uh, and Dak, especially like Dak kept this team together, kept them firing, kept them going after opportunities to score points. And it ended up paying off. I think a lot of us, and I know you and I had this discussion where it just felt like, you know, this is garbage time. Like we're just padding stats at this point, trying not to make it look embarrassing, but you know, we were proven wrong. We were, I was, I, I was seeing it. Through such skepticism that I, I just thought we were well. We we make it a game. I mean, uh, we do get it to. You can kind of go through. We get to a point where I'm like, okay, maybe we have a chance. And then in classic Cowboys fashion, we fall way behind again. And then I was like, okay, this is just dumb. We're Before get we get into the second half, I do want to read these great quotes I have. Um, I read you one at the top of the podcast, the one about how the Cowboys should move yeah. cities. Um, send them. Send them. I got some great ones here. These are all from the Dallas Cowboys game thread on uh, su- the subreddit R Cowboys. Um, so I started off with the one where it says we need to move cities and get a new coach and a new QB. Um, number two, we need to be honest. Zeke Elliott is maybe the fifth best back in this division. 
he would not start for most NFL teams. Oh, okay. So that's a good one. Uh, if we have one starter back on defense next year, I'm done as a fan. <laughs> okay, I feel that guy. I feel that. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, any top 10 college team in the country would beat us by two scores. We don't have the talent. We don't have the talent of the average SEC team. That is the best one right there. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, will we win a game this year? As long Fair as question. Tank Lawrence is on the field, I say our ceiling is two and fourteen. I love how one D end is is the end all be all of the one, team. One D end to like okay at worst he's like an underperforming pro bowler like. A bad season, like people bitched about Tank last year and said he underperformed. He had five sacks. They're, like five years ago, the Cowboys would have begged for a five sack guy. Like, How was he been sacks? Like, if you look at like advanced statistics, he was actually pretty good. This year, he's actually been pretty fucking average. But last year, you know, he he disrupted a lot of plays. He just didn't get a lot of sacks. Well, and, and people discount like sacks are the stat they keep, but like. The run yeah. game, Tank is really good at that. He he gets pressure on QBs pressure, in other ways to drop double teams. Yeah. yeah, like so. Point being, these are all hilarious overreactions but, that I myself am guilty of. Oh yeah, it was great. I've yeah, that's peak Andy stuff right there. I've seen him want to trade Dez mid game one time when <laughs> this was like Cut Dez him. at his peak. Cut him. Yeah. Okay, he was not at his peak. This was like his second year though. Yeah, he was on yeah. The way this up. is like. This was like before Dez ever had a thousand yard season. This wasn't like I wanted to cut 2013 Dez. Like let's not <laughs> let's not go too far here in one direction. Yeah. Um, uh, point is, uh, that's just that's typical fandom, I think. But Cowboys fans for sure are are absolutely a delusional fan base. So I uh, I'm proud of you guys out there that are watching this game that that we're able to muster up enough anger at this team to still feel that way. I was, I was so much more defeated and just resigned to what I assumed our fate would be. So, so I applaud the passion. Yeah. So the, uh, the Cowboys do it into the second half here. We do get the ball to start the second half. Um, and Tony Pollard decides to, uh, take this one out of the end zone again. This time he gets to the 26, which, is a really good return, but again, man, just like kneel that shit down and get to the 25 for free. Like all you did with all that effort was get us one yard. I don't know. So dude, there hasn't been like a good kick returner in football since Devin Hester. Like, what are we doing here? Maybe quarter Patterson, but like, I, I guess maybe, maybe they told him pregame. They saw something and said, Hey, take every single one of these out. Atlanta's vulnerable. But yeah, I was scratching my head. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, First and 10 from the Dallas 26, Zeke gets, goes for 10 yards. So right off the bat, you're like, all right, all right. First and 10 from the Dallas 36, uh, Dak tries to go deep to Cooper, doesn't hit it, uh, but then goes back to Cooper on second and 10, gets four yards. Uh, third and six, uh, Dak goes deep to C.D. Lamb. This is a big uh, play. There's a defensive offsides on this. This is like a free play. Uh, he hits C.D., and C.D. has some some space to run. Turns this into a 37-yard gain. Nice play by the Rook. Uh, the rookie was balling, man. He actually had a – by the end of this, he's some pretty nice numbers. Yeah, he is the fastest rookie ever in Cowboys history to a 100-yard game. No Cowboys rookie has ever had a 100-yard game faster. So, well, uh, it props to CeeDee Lamb, uh, the greatest 
receiver in this class already. We love you. Balling out of control. Um, first and 10 of the Atlanta 23, Dak hits uh, Dalton Schultz for 18 yards. Uh, again, oh. just fine, fine. Okay, sure. Thank you. First and goal from the Atlanta. <laughs> first and goal from the Atlanta five. Zeke Elliott runs up the middle for three yards. And then second and goal. Uh, we do one of my favorites, Ben. I love you know, I love the little uh run action QB keeper, uh, where the whole line collapses to Zeke. Dak just waltzes into the end zone untouched for a nice Cowboys touchdown to make it 27-9 or 29-17. And all of a sudden. Cowboys are within 12 points. You got a lot a of game of left. Showing a little bit of life. So the uh, Falcons get the ball back on their own 26. Uh, Matt Ryan throws the ball to Smith. He gets a yard. Todd Gurley runs for four yards. Third and five. Uh, Matt Ryan hits Calvin Ridley for 10 yards. Calvin Ridley was nigh unguardable in this entire game. He pretty much caught the ball at will. Um, yeah, he did. First and 10 at the Atlanta 41, uh, Matt Ryan throws it to Hayden Hurst, who gets two yards. Second and eight, they run with Todd Gurley, he gets two yards. Third and six, uh, Matt Ryan throws to Gage, he gets six yards. So that brings him into Dallas territory. First and 10 at the Dallas 49, Todd Gurley runs for one yard, gets tackled by Xavier Woods. Second and nine, Matt Ryan throws a short pass to Hill, who gets seven yards. Third and two at the Dallas 41. They do a direct snap to Gage, who throws a very nice ball for a wide receiver pass. Uh, Diggs is totally burned on this, and Julio Jones has a absolutely wide open touchdown, and he just straight up drops Locks it. The ball, dude, that this, was shocking. Julio out Jones, of all the lucky breaks that we get in this game, and there are many of them, I think this might be the most insane to me. Oh, yeah, dude. Julio Jones is probably, I think he's the second fastest or fastest receiver to whatever yardage mark that he just hit this year. I can't remember what it is, but he's basically he's he's one of the career best. He's beaten Jerry Rice. I think it's pretty much him and Antonio Brown fighting for first X amount of catches, X amount of yards in their career. I mean, he's anyway, he's elite, but. A lot of things had to go wrong for Atlanta to lose this game, but that might be the one you circle in red ink right there. That was completely shocking. And it's made even worse, Andy, is they're going to go for it on fourth and two, and they get a penalty. So they have to. Play. Yeah, and there was some controversy to this. Like, So Julio got injured on this play before, and he was kind of like laying on the field, and so they called like too many – they called 12 men in the huddle – but they only had 11 in the huddle. They counted Julio, who was still on the field. There was some like controversy to this call. Um, but yeah, point being, they end up getting a, a penalty that kicks them kind of out to the 46, and they end up having to punt it. Um, That's you know, I know a lot of Atlanta fans thought that this this uh, this penalty kind of ruined the game. So yeah, so the Cowboys get the ball back. Um, they get it on their own 17. Uh, Dak throws it to Elliott. He gets eight yards. Uh, Dak then goes deep to Amari Cooper for 58 yards. This play, dude, this might have been the sickest play of the game. Uh, nasty one-hander. Dude, did you hear Amari? Like, he uh, after the game on this 
catch. He said something along the lines like, oh, it wasn't really all that special. I mean, I just stuck my arm out and, you know, it's a catch I'm supposed to make. I was like, <laughs> okay, buddy. Like, it was it was so – you thought he was going to overthrow him, and then at the last second he kind of, like, tips the ball to himself. It was freakishly good. It's it's nuts. He balls out of control on this. He pretty much – it's the, definitely the most explosive play of the game for Dallas. Um so that puts us at the uh, Atlanta 17-yard line. We give it to Zeke. He gets nine yards. Uh, puts us at second and one on the Atlanta eight. Zeke goes for one yard. Uh, and then first and goal, Dak throws it to Dalton Schultz, who gets six yards. There's a penalty on Atlanta for roughing the passer. Dak got blown up on this play. They had to take him off the field for a second. Uh, yeah. It was not tight. I was kind of scared. But the red rifle, Andy Dalton, comes in, goat. There were a lot of people that were kind of stoked about this in a weird way. They were like, is Dak about to get dacked by Andy Dalton? Uh, <laughs> Andy Dalton went in and threw an incomplete pass and then handed it off to Zeke, who went up the middle for one yard. He scored a touchdown, but then they reviewed it. He said he didn't break the plane. Uh, and then on third and goal from the one, Dak came back in, and after like being checked for a concussion, Dak comes back in and just as a QB keeper, rams his face into the back of the line and scores a touchdown. Yeah, I was. We were actually playing each other in fantasy, and of course, shocker, I own Zeke and he owns Dak, so I was less than thrilled about how that went out, especially because I thought it was actually at this point I wasn't. That there was the later one that actually made me mad. At this point, I was like, "Oh shoot, we're only down five. This is a game." But in two Cowboys fashion, at least in my mind, um, Atlanta gets the ball back, Andy, and we can go through it, but they immediately score a touchdown. They do. Atlanta Atlanta was not uh, ready to just roll over and give this one up. <clears throat> so they get the ball on their own 26. Uh, first play from scrimmage, Matt Ryan scrambles up the middle for three yards. Uh, second and seven from the 29. Ido Smith gets a yard. Third and six. Matt Ryan throws it to Hurst, who gets 22 yards. He Hurst had himself a day. Um, good, good young tight end they've got over there in Atlanta. Um, first and 10 from the Dallas 48. Ido Smith gets six yards. And then second and four. Uh, Matt Ryan tries to go deep to Ridley. This one is uh, almost picked by Diggs. And unfortunately, Ugh. Diggs just can't pull this Hit one down. Hands, man. And I know they're corners, they're not receivers, but like you'd, you'd really like to have this one. Um, so third and four at the Dallas 42, Matt Ryan hits Gage for two yards. That brings up fourth and two, and they go for it. Matt Ryan hits Julio Jones for 19 yards. Um, somehow Worley couldn't cover Julio Jones. I just, Julio must have just been really on his game because if you can take all world Worley, I mean, Dude. it is what it is. Julio was um, not right, dude. Every time they showed him, he was like wincing in pain. He's dealing with something. It wasn't good. I, f I hope he's all right. I mean, he, he's dealt with a lot of injury issues in his career, so you just always kind of, whenever he gets nicked up, you're like, ah, that sucks. Um, so that puts him down at the 21. They run Ido Smith up the, up the middle for nine yards, second and one at the Dallas 12. Gurley goes for four. Matt Ryan then tries to throw to Calvin Ridley. That doesn't go and then second and goal, uh, Matt Ryan threads a really nice pass, like right oh, yeah. over uh, Jalen Smith's outstretched hand and then between two corners and finds Gage in the back of the end zone. Uh, scores a touchdown, 36-24 Atlanta. Um, and so this is like this and then the next series. This is where we kind of dip back down into the doldrums so, yeah, this of this is, game. 
The fourth quarters began again. Pollard runs the kick out, uh, does not get to the 25 yard line. So cool. But yeah, yeah I'm not a fan, not a I fan. I know we, uh, we can go through, but I'll just quickly Zeke at 11 then incomplete pass to coop. Zeke goes for five, another incomplete pass. And we had holding on it. So fourth and five from our 40, and we do a direct snap to Darian Thompson, and he gets stuffed, like in <sighs> our punt formation. Like we're not we're not running a offensive play. We again out of the punt here's, formation. Here's here's why I don't like this. Okay, fake plays are for when you're like trying to catch the other team off guard. You're down by twelve points in the fourth you, quarter. Yeah, like they know that you're going to go for this. So if you're going to go for it, really go for it. Like put the offense on the field. Are you doing your $90 million offense that takes up 75% of your cap or whatever it is? Yeah. And, and just said they, and then, okay. Like even if you're going to do this, there are other, you could run, you could put Pollard out there. You could do yeah. any number of things to like make this a better option instead of Darian Thompson, who gets three yards. I mean, it's not even close. It's the second time during this game that there's a ridiculous attempt at a fake punt. Um, the first one I at least was like, okay, well, I don't like where we did it, but at least it would have worked and it caught everyone off guard, including us. But this one's just like, what are you doing, man? So now we're down to 12 minutes to go in the fourth. Falcons get the ball back. Todd Gurley goes for negative two yards on the first play from scrimmage at the Dallas 43. Everson Griffin comes in there and sticks him. Second and 12 from the 45, Matt Ryan hits Hurst for four yards. Third and eight, uh, Matt Ryan hits Gage for 12 yards. First and 10 at the Dallas 29, Gurley gets five. Then Gurley gets another loss of two. So now you're at third and seven on the Dallas 26. Matt Ryan hits Ridley for 14 yards, and there's a penalty on Alden Smith for defensive offsides, but that's declined. First and 10 at the Dallas 12, Gurley gets four yards. Uh, second and six at the eight. Matt Ryan has an incompletion third and six. There's a incompletion to Hurst and then fourth and six on the field goal. There is a penalty on Atlanta for false start. And so fourth and 11 from the Dallas 13, they kick a 32 yard field goal 39 to 24. This is another like big missed opportunity for Atlanta right here. Like they score a touchdown. You effectively ice the game, um, but they didn't manage to. And so, Dude, absolutely. With, uh, I mean, they Atlanta had to have a lot, as I said, a lot go wrong. The Julio drop, the two field goals they settled for earlier in the game. This one again inside of our 10 yard line, settling for another field goal. I mean, they just they had chances going for two points when they didn't need to. Um, they just a lot of little things went wrong. And of course, uh, we'll get to the, the very big one at the end of this game. But uh still, I mean, at this point, I figured we were fucked. They go up 15. Um, you know, they go there's up no 15 with eight minutes to go. And so yeah. th- if you wa- if you're watching like the, the game cast of any NFL game, it gives you this little like chart. That's like the percentage chance of each team to win. Um, at this point, the Dallas Cowboys have a 0.01% chance of winning this game. They've given the Atlanta Falcons like 99.9% win probability from this position. Um, and to cement that, over the life of NFL stat keeping, there have been 440 times where a team has scored 39 points and has had zero turnovers. 
in those 440 games, the team that scores 39 points and has zero turnovers is 440 and zero. After Sunday, 440 and one. This is literally like one of the craziest losses in the history of organized football. Yeah, this is this is heartbreaking. This reminds me of that game that Dallas had a couple of these. Remember, we had we had four turnovers. Um, we were up four in the differential and scored like thirty, and we lost to Detroit that one time. And no team had ever lost when they had like a four turnover differential. That many, I can't remember. We've had so many of these in our history that I was so happy to have one go our way. But yeah, we, uh, I mean, eight minutes. I, I'm thinking this is garbage time. But Dallas uh, neatly goes down and, and, and scores a TD on this drive. Go. Absolutely. So the Cowboys get the ball back. Like we said, eight minutes to go in the fourth. Uh, first and 10 for the 25. Dak hits Schultz for six yards. Uh, second and four, Dak tries to go to CD Lamb, but that is incomplete. Third and four, Dak goes deep to Blake Bell, 24 yards. This was sick. This is probably Dak's best play. Avoids the sack, steps up in the pocket. You think he's going to scramble, but then you see kind of linebacker send towards him, and he keeps his head up, and he finds the open man. I mean, that was this was a slick play by Dak. Great play by Bell, too. Excellent catch along the okay. sidelines. Very nice, my man. So first and 10 from the Atlanta four now. Uh, Dak does a little QB keeper for three yards, second and seven. Dak tries to go deep to Gallup. That's incomplete. Third and seven, Dak hits CeeDee Lamb for 12 yards. So now we are first and 10 at the Atlanta 30. Dak hits Cooper for four yards, second and six at the 26. Dalton Schultz for eight, first and 10 at the Atlanta 18. Dak hits Noah Brown for eight yards. And then second and two at the Atlanta 10. Dak hits uh, old Dalton Schultz in the back of the end zone for his only touchdown pass of the day. Uh, I mean, thank God he caught it. I mean, he was wide open. Like Dak threw a perfect ball. Like Dak, thank- Dak absolutely threw a perfect ball, and you know it would have been good to anybody since Schultz scored it. But Dak actually did throw this one open. This is a beautiful, beautiful. Throw. Was an excellent ball. It was an excellent ball. Uh, so that's that's a touchdown. Uh, here the Cowboys decide like they're going to need a two point conversion at some point. So they decide to go for it. Now. I don't know if I like that call. I definitely don't like the play choice that they use to go for the two point conversion. Um, toss. I've seen that toss play for two point conversions fail so many times. Maybe it's just ingrained in my head that it's a bad idea, but yeah, I would, I would have liked to just see them kick it here. Um, but Hey, what do I know? Uh, I didn't I know. Win the game. Uh, the the hashtag uh, nerds the analytics crowd they they were trying to argue why you should go for it and I didn't at the time I didn't like it but I understood I mean you're down 15 at about five minutes left uh, right before you score this like you have to you're gonna have to go for two I guess you'd rather know ahead of time if you don't get it on this drive you're gonna know it now I definitely need two scores to win this thing or tie this thing but. Uh, I don't know. I, I could be talked into it either way, but I agree. The play call wasn't, wasn't that great. Yeah. So now, uh, there are five minutes to play and Atlanta's up by two possessions. You got to feel like at this point, most of us feel like the game, you know, good fight, but the game is now over effectively. Oh, for sure. Um, Atlanta gets the ball back on their own 25. Gurley runs for six yards. Dallas takes their first time out. Second and four, Gurley runs for four yards. 
Uh, we challenged the first down ruling, which some of these challenges that coaches do, I'm always just so flabbergasted by this being one of them it seemed pretty clear that he had not, you know, that, that this was a first down, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, especially on a second down, like I guess yeah. you're desperate, but uh, I mean, you did not coach a good game. Like, I don't care. No, I mean, we'll no. get into this, but no, this was another bad decision by him. So that burns the timeout. So we're forced to then take timeout number three. So now we're out of timeouts. Well, they actually give it to us back, the, the ESPN weird, and they, they say since we challenged it, they go ahead oh, and Oh, that's it. right. That's right. Okay, cool. So first and 10 at the Atlanta 35, Todd Gurley gets stuck by Woods for a two-yard loss. And so now Dallas takes what <laughs> – I love it in the little game thing. It says timeout number four by Dallas. Like what? Uh, <laughs> no one noticed this. Um, so now it's second and 12 at the Atlanta 33. Matt Ryan is sacked the game, by Everson maybe. Griffin. Huge, huge play by Everson Griffin here. Um, Six-yard loss and the only sack of the day from the uh, Dallas defense. Um and so that brings up homes. If you're keeping track at home, kids, Dallas's defense has two sacks and one forced turnover in two games. Just throwing that out there. Lit top 10 defense. So third and 18 at the Atlanta 27. Matt Ryan uh, throws to Zacchaeus. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Yeah, no idea who that is. He gets 10 yards, uh, but that brings up fourth and eight, and they punt. And so now Dallas will get the ball with two minutes and 52 seconds to play on their own 24 yard line. And essentially garbage. Point, right? kind of like, nine, like yeah, no timeouts. Like, you know, you're, you're at this point. That's why I meant like, I was like, well, even if we score, it's like, it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So they, that they go to work. Dak is like, never say die. So first play hits Cooper for 11 yards. Second play hits Zeke for three yards. Third play, incompletion to Lamb, stops the clock. Third play is third and seven from the Dallas 38. Dak hits Noah Brown for 47 yards. This was a Great sick throw. play. Great Big throw. Play. But there's an illegal blindside block on C.D. Lamb on this play, so it's called back. That sucks. Um, so third and two at the Dallas 43. Uh, Dak hits C.D. Lamb for 14 yards. And then first and 10 from the 43, Dak goes deep to Michael Gallup. Uh, there is a defensive holding penalty on uh, Dante Fowler on this play. Uh, so Gallup goes down the sideline. He jumps up, high points the ball, baby Dez style. He's coming down. It, at first, they call it, they rule it like one ref says it's out because it looks like his elbow's out of bounds. Another ref says no, his butt touched the ground first. They review the play, and upon review, his butt cheek touched the ground first and one cheek is worth two feet. So it is ruled a completion, just a sick catch from Gallup. Amazing. Zeke yeah, had a great he, block on this play too. Yeah. Zeke did help Dak out. Um, yeah, dude, Gallup, that was, he had a really quiet game compared to a lot of people. I think that's, it's going to happen with Dallas. I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed, especially with slutty Schultz taking all these fucking targets. But, um, yeah, I mean, awesome catch. I mean, me and Andy have called him Baby Dez almost a bit for a while, but, like, this was very Dez-like. Like, he's probably the only nasty. guy on our team that can go up and high point a ball. So that was um, that was awesome, man. And, and like I said, at the time, I was just kind of like, oh, cool, whatever, like, two-minute warning. But uh, it wound up being a huge play. It was huge. It gets us a first and 10 
or first and goal at the Atlanta five. Uh, Zeke rushes for four yards. He hit the two minute warning, second and goal. Dak tries to throw it to Michael Gallup, and there's a DPI call. So we get first and goal at the Atlanta one. Dak tries a little, uh, like low pass to CD Lamb. Lamb can't quite haul it in. It's kind of a low pass from Dak. Uh, yeah. And then on second and goal, Dak keeps it, rushes it in, touchdown. Greg hits the the extra point, and so here we are uh, with a total of uh, sorry, my page by accident. Yeah, we've got less than a minute to play here, and the Cowboys have scored to bring it within. Uh, two points, but you need two points somehow. And so the Cowboys line up for an onside kick. And dude, um, this play has gone like viral. Like this was the this strangest. So the change I've in NFL kicking rules. That has like worked, but this one was bizarre. NFL rules have changed. So like onside kicks are even less effective than they ever were before. Um, so you just almost never see them successful anymore ever. Um, and so it's, and weirdly enough, Zerline, instead of like going out there and putting the ball, like knuckled on a tee and like trying to make it take a weird bounce, which is kind of normally the goal Zerline went out there and put the ball flat down perpendicular to the line of scrimmage and then didn't step back from it. He literally like stood over the ball and kind of <laughs> like soccer kicked it sort of like a pass. Like it, it was like watching like Neymar, like do a short pass and the ball started rotating clockwise so it's spinning and it's going really slowly uh in a diagonal line towards the hands team but it's rotating so weirdly that like i guess the atlanta falcons team was at a point where they're like they know they can pick the ball up before the 10 yard point but they know that if they touch it it becomes a live ball and the ball is so weirdly spinning that they just kind of are frozen by it because it's so yeah, odd i guess it's like no one wants to touch it or they don't think it's going to go 10 yards or both like they're just everyone just sort of sits around watching it there's this and- great still image of like five falcons players <laughs> in a circle around this ball and there's just the ball just keeps going keeps going and it ekes over the 10 yard line and uh, I'm trying to remember who even I don't even uh, CJ Goodwin, who you know the guy that failed the the fourth down catch earlier in the game, just falls on the ball and suddenly we have the ball again. Like it is a complete miracle. Yeah, I mean I haven't seen us get an onside kick in God. I really don't even know when when the last time it was. I think Brad and uh, you know the radio guys were were mentioned it but dude it's been a long ass time and um yeah i mean now what i'm thinking go the pessimist in me is like holy shit we're gonna get this ball and we're gonna fucking miss the field goal <laughs> that's yeah exactly where that's, I'm that's that would definitely be very on brand um especially if we still had like your nick folks of the world your any of our or other kickers um so yeah with with a, a minute 46 to play uh, Dallas gets the ball back at their own 46. Um, first play, Dak tries to go deep to Gallup. That doesn't work. Second play, Dak finds a uh, wide-open CD Lamb. The D-back fell down, and Lamb takes it up the sideline for 24 yards. we got a minute 15 to play. It's first and 10. We run okay. it to Zeke with two yards. There's an injury right, timeout. Right. right here, though, again, 
I disagree with McCarthy. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know why we just started like, well, 46 yard field goals easy enough. So we'll why, just why are you settling? Like, go ahead and you your quarterback's dealing. I know you don't have timeouts, but get another 10, 15 yards if you can. Like, You've been completing passes all over the field for the last quarter. Like, yeah, I don't get it either. Dak hasn't thrown an interception in six games. I think you can trust him to take care of the ball. Yeah, like this was just really conservative of McCarthy. So we basically run Zeke a couple times. Uh, we uh, then spike the ball on third down, and uh, Zerline comes out for a 46-yarder goat. And uh, props to him, dude. It dead center, never left. He he kicks weird field goals. They they do like they look like golf shots. Like they kind of come left or and even right sometimes and fade. curl back in. Um. So yeah, but he struck this one dead center. It had some. It could have gone in from fifty easy. Um, and, and the Dallas Cowboys somehow the game after being down twenty, and the Falcons after being up twenty have. The Cowboys win this game 40 to 39, the first 40 burger of the season. Uh, to give you some stats here, Dak ends this game 34 of 47 uh, for 450 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Zeke, 22 carries for 89 yards and a TD. And your leading receivers are uh, C.D. Lamb has six for 106. Cooper has six for 100. Dalton Schultz, nine catches on 10 targets for 88 yards and a touchdown. And um, Gallup, two catches for 58 very crucial yards. Um, overall, I mean, you look at the box score, you think like the Cowboys offense was fucking cooking with gas. Like, but one of the craziest games I've ever watched in my life, Ben. One of the craziest games. Yeah, I mean, we did score four touchdowns and one field goal and six drives in the second half. So we had that one stupid fourth down that we went for. But other than that, I mean, they 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 got hot. And even before that, we went field goal touchdown. So after the fumbles, I mean, we scored on uh, seven of our last eight drives. So uh they they got hot man and like i said a, a lot of it seemed like it was garbage because we were coming from behind it reminded me of like the we did we did this with the jets and green bay last year remember we fell way behind early and then we scored a whole bunch of points late but never could quite win it um oh, the, the jets game i've wiped that from my memories <laughs> or no i have no recollection of that ever well that's what I, that's really what i thought we were going to do so i felt a little robbed because i was so I was just so defeated after the first quarter, really the hat. Well, actually after 29, 24, I got hopes up again. And then after that stupid play and they went up by 15, I was like, all right, well, this is over. Like whatever. So I, I feel like I was robbed of joy. I was just so shell shocked that we actually won. That I was sitting around just with like my jaw open, like no fucking way did we win this game. But dude, um, you got to have those type of wins uh, in a season. I think, I'll pose this question to you, Andy. Does this what does this win mean? Does it mean anything big? Is it just one win? Is it the momentum that they needed to kind of start a fire? So, like I said a little bit earlier, uh, I'm very, I'm very uh, filled with hope by the tenaciousness I saw from this Cowboys team. I've watched a lot of Cowboys teams over the last decade, just kind of 
give up the ghost when the game is out of reach. Um, this is definitely the kind of game I think you can build confidence off of. Like if you're in this locker room, now you have this memory where you're like, okay, like even when the game seems like it's not going our way, like, Hey, we beat Atlanta and all that went wrong. Like we can win any game. And I think that kind of thing can be very crucial to a team's psychology. Um, mm-hmm. I read a really cool anecdote that said like, as they were getting ready to go out for the, the touchdown, the last touchdown drive, uh, CD lamb went up to Dak in the huddle and said like, Hey, Dak, just so you know, like we're all behind you. You got this. And to hear that from a rookie who's like kind of new to this team, didn't get training camp, didn't get, you know, the full kind of indoctrination into this team. Um, you can tell that like they are becoming a cohesive unit, like that kind of adversity and especially overcoming that kind of adversity builds very, very deep bonds between teammates. Um, and I mean, I hate to draw any comparison between what these guys do and like what we did in sports, but like I, you know, you and I played high school sports together and there's something really special about like games where you're down and you come back and you win um, or games that go to overtime and you win. Um, they do a lot to like create this incredible kind of like, you know, the closest we ever get to like go into war together type bonds. And I think that's really important for a team that's going to go try to, to run the gambit of an NFL season. So I have a ton of concerns from a coaching standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, from an injury standpoint, but as far as just from a psychological, mental sports psychology standpoint, I think this could be a really huge milestone for this Cowboys team. If they can capitalize on it from a execution talent perspective. Sure. Yeah. Do we need to win next week for you to feel that carry through exists? Or do you think it'll always kind of be cemented in their head? Like we always have a chance. I think that's going to be stuck in their head. Like I think that that lasts longer than just a week. Um, Now, if you go out to the, if you go play the Seahawks and you get into a really tight game and you let's say we have the exact same game, except it's the inverse. Like we're the sea, we're the Falcons. We go up by 20 on the Seahawks and we lose this game in the last second. Then I think you have a kind of a force working against you. Then you've got like the equal and opposite, right? Like the, well, we could lose any, any game, nothing's safe. Um, but I think for the most part, I think you, you're going to see this carry throughout the season. Um, if they do manage to somehow beat the Seahawks, I think you can directly tie it to the results of, of the psychological effects of this game. Yeah. Okay. I, I can agree with that. You know, I, I think in 2018, this team was like seven and one or six and one, I think in one score games. And then we flip flopped and last year they were Oh, and seven in one score games. So I think winning a close one, even if it was, and especially as improbable it was, was at least a little bit of a monkey off their backs. They're already 0-1 this year against the Rams. Like they just, they haven't won a close one at this point over two years, you know? So I think it was definitely needed. And I don't know if Atlanta's going to be anything good this year. They don't look it. But I still think, you know, a win's a win in the football league. And and it was... um, Hopefully we can reverse that that one score. Uh, what am I trying to say? That that one score disadvantage that we've kind of had. Or I'll say this, Ben. Uh, I've I've told you this. I've told several people this. In 2014, 
the Dallas Cowboys got throttled week one by the 49ers. Um, I think week two, they, they beat a pretty bad Titans team. And then week three, they went down 21 to zero to the, at the time, St. Louis Rams. And it was uh, a game very similar to this where just everything went wrong. They went down 21 to nothing in the first half. And that Romo Murray Dez led Cowboys team battled all the way back and won that game. Um, I think that did huge things for their team that year. And obviously we know that that 2014 Cowboys team ended up, I would say that's the best Cowboys team we've had in the last decade. Um, Mm -hmm. They went 12 and four and they probably would have gone at least to the NFC title game. Had it not been for the unfortunate Des catch situation. Um, But I think you could see something similar repeat itself here. You know, a a bad loss week one. Um, well, hey, in 2016, they also lost week one, and they went 13-3. So, Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it all depends kind of on, one, the, the injury thing. Like, our players have to get healthy. We need Tyron back. We need Lyle Collins back badly. Um, we're going to come up against teams that have really good pass rushes. When we play Washington, for instance, I mean, it could go really poorly if Chase Young and Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen and all those guys are – coming unabated towards our quarterback. Um, but on the other hand, if, if we can get healthy, I think the team certainly has the talent and they can score quickly. They have the offensive weaponry to do a lot of damage. And I think they have the talent on defense if they can get healthy and they can figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm left in a weird limbo state. Obviously, tons of stuff went wrong. And the only way you fight out of a 20-point hole is to put yourself in a 20-point hole. So something went terribly wrong. And even in like you pointed out, even in like an amazingly uh, inspiring miracle victory, we saw plenty of coaching decisions that made us head scratch quite a bit. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the, it's certainly something to watch, right? Like it's not a boring Cowboys season. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we go play Seattle. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and transition into that. So um, we do play Seattle this week. If anyone's watched the Seahawks, they are 2-0. and they just had a really fun um, Sunday night game uh, against the Patriots that went down to literally the last play, and they squeaked that one out. Russell Wilson is turned into an early MVP favorite. He is, at this point, has 11 incompletions and nine touchdowns, so he's pretty much cooking with gas right now. Um, he looks phenomenal the best he's looked in his career their defense however is no longer the seattle defense of old they are missing pretty much every big secondary name that you could name except they did trade for jamal adams who was interested in coming to dallas i actually heard michael irvin talk about this andy that uh he thinks adams is going to be out for more blood than adams normally is because we didn't go get him yeah so they have two superstars on defense in Adams and Wagner, but they have no real pass rush. And I just saw Cam Newton throw for his fourth highest yardage total of his career. Um, Cam looks fucking good, man. I'm not going to lie. Like I was kind of a doubtful. I'm kind of a Cam doubter because of the injuries and whatnot at this point in his career. But I'll tell you what, played a hell of a game, and he looks like he can uh, he can ball in that system. He does. He does. But. I also think, you know, Atlanta also shredded this Seahawks team, and they have obviously weapons galore too. But um, 
uh, Seattle's defense is very gettable is what I'm saying. So yeah, I for sure. They it, got two really, really good star players. And I think it'll be another shootout. I really do. I mean, this is a high over unders 56. I think uh, we'll get the bets with bets. We might be throwing some over on it. Um, but yeah, and especially with uh, some secondary news, uh, Chidobia Wuzie is doubtful. He's probably going to miss a couple weeks with, uh, I think, a hamstring. And Anthony Brown is still on IR. Um, and Trayvon Diggs missed practice today, questionable, although I think he's expected to play. Tyron, uh, again, questionable. I've mentioned this a lot. This probably isn't the paw for it, but Tyron's the oldest 29 year old in the league. Like, I. Just every time he pops up on an injury report, I'm scared that it's going to be a multi-week thing. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're without a lot of people. and We're without two of our starting players in our secondary that's already pretty weak. So I think it'll be a pretty high scoring, Andy. Um, I'll throw it to you if you want to, to give any extra analysis or, or anything that you think. No, I think uh, I'm really excited to see how how it unfolds. I mean, like you said, I think our offense can be successful. I'm not confident our defense is going to do much to stop Russ, at least in his current form. He is absolutely lighting people on fire and leaving them for dead. Um, the Red Russ Cook movement is really blowing up. I mean, they're not wrong, dude. He he should be allowed to cook. He's definitely the man. And DJ, DK Metcalf has. Certainly mm-hmm. shown himself to be a very good weapon. They've got they've got Lockett. They've got weapons all over the field. Chris Carson can run the ball. So, what is your uh, if you had to put a, a projection on it? How do you think this one turns out? Man, I you mentioned DK Metcalf. So so we we always go through the the games in such detail. I feel like we we kind of get to this point and skim a little bit on 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 that. So I'll just bring up they have two. Stud wideouts or good wideouts. I don't know if stud, but DK Metcalf's been really good. He's averaging 20 yards a catch right now. Um, two TDs. He cooked Stefan Gilmore of the Patriots last game, and Stefan Gilmore was the defensive player of the year. So um, that guy's kind of – he's a physical freak. I don't think we have anyone who can check him. And then Lockett's much more the kind of the straight-line burner – route runner guy, so they have a pretty good mix between those two, but Russ can really throw it to anyone. He threw five touchdowns to five different guys last week. Um, their running game hasn't been that great, Andy. They kind of roll between Chris Carson and and Carlos Hyde, who are so-so, but yeah, I think that uh, I just can't see us getting enough stops in this game, and I think with our offensive line as banged up as it is, we're going to have a couple penalty killing drives or sack killing drives. And I think ultimately it'll be something along the lines of, uh, I'll say 28 to 20 Seahawks. Yeah. I don't think that's an inaccurate projection. Um, I think the Seahawks will probably beat us. I think they'll have to score a little bit more to do it. I'm going to say 31, 28, uh, I think Zeke and Dak will do their thing. I think we've got too many weapons to be held to too low of a score when they're clicking, which I think they now are clicking. Um, I think the key to the game will be the start. I think if the Cowboys want to win this game, they have to come out fast. They're designed to play from ahead. And I think if you, if you get a quick 10, 14 point lead on the Seahawks team and you can control the ball and keep it out of Russell's hands by giving Zeke a huge workload and letting him just chew clock, 
um, and finish those drives with scores, I think you have a really good chance to beat this team. I think if you let it turn into like who can throw more touchdown passes, it's going to be Russell will carry the day. Um, but I'm really excited. I think it's it's going to be a great game, and it's an after middle of the afternoon game. So um, I'm kind of glad. Like in some ways, like this Cowboys game we had just had this Atlanta game. If this had been a primetime game, I think this would have been like one of the craziest games that we've had ever because it occurred at noon and kind of like amongst ten other games. It kind of yeah. got like just one more blip in the the afternoon of the NFL. Um, so I'm kind of glad that this one is again like kind of a midday game. Like let's let's turn the prime time down just a little bit until the Cowboys kind of have their identity because I'm I'm not ready to christen them yet. Sure, sure, and it is in Seattle. I think home field means less these days with fans not really being there. I know Dallas had like twenty thousand fans or something, but. I don't think Seattle's opened their stadium yet. So they are a four and a half point favorite. Um, I think that's probably about right. I probably even went low at 28-20. I just, I don't know. People think it's a shootout. And then a lot of times these both these teams, Pete Carroll and McCarthy, can turn into just run, 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 run the ball. And just, I don't know if there's going to be enough possessions for them to really light it up. But yeah, I look, they're, they're, an incredible team. I agree with you said that they have uh, playing at three fifth twenty fives kind of better than playing a primetime game against these guys. Less less eyeballs on it, but uh, they're the favorites in the NFC. All of a sudden, you know, that's the the Saints have kind of taken a little bit of a stumble. The Tampa Bay hasn't got off to a wonderful start. Um, Dallas and really Philly has been ass. So I think a lot of people are pointing at Seattle as the best team right now. But as I said, they got a lot of holes too. They just have a couple superstars. So yeah, I'm super stoked for it. I think it's going to be a super fun game. Um, so should we, uh, should we dive into a little bit of what happened around the division? Yeah, let's do that. And uh, we'll probably cut it there, but uh, move on to our, to our bets will be bets. But uh, where do you want to start? Um, I mean, uh, we were the only people that won, <laughs> so I guess the order doesn't really matter. Um, but let's, uh, let's start with our friends in Philadelphia. Um, they're having quite the dramatic week up there right now, Ben. Yeah. So Philly played the Rams, um, and got absolutely stomped by the Rams. The Rams were up 21 to three after the first Philly made a little bit of a game of it. Um, but never really threatened the Rams got a late touchdown. It wound up being 37 to 19 and Carson Wentz was 26 of 43 with 240 yards and two picks, no touchdowns. So uh, they're pretty pissed off about the performance of Mr. Wentz up there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I've never seen, I mean, he's been criticized, obviously, any QB is criticized, but I've never seen them turn on him this badly. I mean, during the whole Nick Foles controversy, there was a little bit of like, maybe we made the wrong choice uh, in the air, but now it's turned into this like, I've just, I heard some Philly radio clips that were just like, Carson thinks he's too good for the team. Carson's regressed. You know, we need to start Jalen. I mean, there's literally calls to start Jalen Hurts. Yeah, well, it was a puzzling pick at the time. I 
I don't know, man. He looks really bad right now. I haven't seen much. Their offensive line's been pretty beat up, but and they have really yeah. But they they got a lot of their offensive line back, and they got some pretty good protection. Game two, week one, I can't really fault Carson. He got sacked like six times. That Washington offensive line ate him for or defensive line ate him for lunch. But week two. Carson Wentz made a lot of very bad decisions. He threw into double coverage, resulting in turnovers. I mean, what are I don't know. I'd have to. I'm going to pull it up right now. But I want to say Carson Wentz's stat line right now is like two touchdowns and four Four picks picks. and a fumble or something like that. Yeah, and he's got a 23.2 QBR, a 64 passer rating. Jeez, Um, it's bad, man. I mean, their top receiver is Dallas Goddard. Um, he, he is a 58% completion percentage. Dude, they so they just lost uh Jalen Rager too, their their wide receiver that they took. They're real pissed we took Lamb. This was supposed to be their stud, and he's gonna unfortunately for him, he's gonna be on IR. He's gonna miss probably five, six weeks with a thumb. So, dude, they're like they're pretty much Ertz and Goddard, and that is it. Yeah, and, and, and Ertz wow. is Ertz is averaging like 30 yards a game. Goddard is averaging like 65 yards a game. Um, it's not good in Philly right now. And and I love it. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. That is that is for sure. Um, and the injury bug is going around. It's across the league. It's across the division. But, yeah, a, another an 0-2 start with a, for a loss at home. Um, and they go play the Bengals this week, so maybe it's a good game for them to kind of course correct and figure it out. But – if Carson goes out and has another terrible outing, those that criticism is going to get louder, and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's already calls for Peterson to be yanked, so it's going to get yeah. ugly. Speaking of 0-2 teams within the division, the Giants dropped another game. And speaking of injuries, uh, we talked about it earlier, Saquon Barkley. Uh, so the Giants, the Giants lost a game to the Chicago Bears with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. For those who don't know, Mitch Trubisky is a Midwestern accountant who uh, plays quarterback <laughs> on weekends for the Chicago Bears. Um, this is, I mean, the Giants are in another really ugly situation. I mean, Danny Jones is doing the best he can, I guess, but two touchdowns, three interceptions, seven sacks in two games. The leading rusher with 43 yards on the season. Yeah, he is the leading rusher for the, the team with 43 yards on seven attempts. So he is getting like six yards a carry, which is – uh, pretty impressive. Um, right. The only one in his class is Russell is uh, Sterling Shepard, who had one carry for six yards at some point. Uh, well, before he, just the- got, he got put on IR as well. So he's so. on IR. Uh, obviously, you know, the centerpiece of this team is Saquon Barkley, who me and Ben have had many a, a humorous uh, ribbing over. Um, but Saquon Barkley had a pretty horrific knee injury. Um, he's gone for at least a year, you know, modern medical technology being what it is. It's not the death sentence that it once was. And he could come back for all we know better, but there's always just the question of like, will this guy ever have like the true lateral explosive quickness that he had before the surgery? Um, This knee injury was bad enough to where they have to wait a month for the swelling to go down just to do the surgery to repair his knee. So it's, it's pretty horrific. Um, As far as receiving goes, you know, Barkley was a big piece of the pass game. He's gone. Sterling Shepard, who is kind of their big name wide receiver, he's done. Uh, they got Slayton, who's had he had a pretty decent game. He's had 135 yards and two touchdowns this year. So 
you're gonna have to hope he really balls out. And then Evan Ingram, who you know, a top five pick tight end, um, who's supposed to be this elite receiving threat, um, no TDs, 37 yards a game right now. Uh, it's it's not good over in New York. They're they're not having a good time, and I'm afraid that my my projection will come true that. Danny Dimes and Saquon will both have their entire prime uh, effectively wasted by a Giants team that just never saw the value in taking real offensive weapons outside of the running game and never took an offensive line outside of horrific all-time bust Eric Flowers. So, rough. Rough indeed. They uh, Their next three games are against the 49ers, the Rams, and us. So I think they're going to start 0-5, and uh, who knows? They're going to be in contention for an early, early pick. So they moved to 0-2. Philly's 0-2. The Washington football team is tied with us atop of the division. They did have their first loss, um, and it was not very pretty. They got uh, smashed by the Arizona Cardinals, who were surprisingly 2-0. And that was 30 to 15. I didn't really catch this game go. I don't have much to say other than I don't really think Washington's going to contend for this um, division. Haskins is still a ways away. They're Washington still a trick pony. Um, they pretty much hope that their insane defensive line, which is absolutely ridiculous, uh, can just beat you into submission and that their offense can, you know, two to three times. And that's going to be enough. They pretty much need to win every game, like twenty to fourteen or like seventeen to ten. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. They had another three sacks. Uh, Chase Young got another sack. So Chase Young's at two and a half sacks through two games in his rookie year, which is as advertised. He's ridiculous. Bostic got another sack. Um, and but again, going up against a team like the Cardinals, who have a pretty dynamic offense, they try a lot of interesting stuff. Kylo Murray looks ridiculous right now shout out Allen, texas we balling out here um kyler had that one touchdown it was like a 21 yard td run where he just it looked like high school all over again just him making all these dudes miss and waltzing into the end zone um he threw for almost 300 yards uh with another touchdown scored two on the ground hopkins balled i mean only 68 yards and a touchdown but they're starting to find their rhythm um you know, and Washington really is down to like they've got this Gibson kid who they want to be the the starting running back now that their other running back is going to jail forever. And he had fifty five yards in a TD and then, you know, poor McLaurin, dude. He seems to be a really talented fucking player and he's just stuck on this team. He had 125 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. Um, you know, I know you and I differ a little bit on Haskin. Um uh, he had a 13 QBR, not great. Uh, I just think he's too young. Bad. They're, they're, he's they're, young. They're, all I'm saying is they have growing pains. The only team that looked like they – like uh, New York wasn't going to contend this year. Washington's not going to contend this year. Like it's It just is what it is. Like I feel very comfortable making both of those statements. So it was really between us and Philly. I still think it is. I don't think Philly's going to suck all year, although that would be fucking amazing. But uh, that's really the state of the NFC East. I mean, it's a weak division, and your only real competition started 0-2. So if you can get some early wins and get some distance, then, um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we we for sure should be seeing the playoffs. But 
you know, I, I yeah. thought that last year too, and and we fucked it up somehow. So there's a so we we've got the Seahawks coming up, and then we've got the Browns, who we should beat. Then we play the Giants. So we then we finally begin the the division schedule. We play the Cardinals on Monday Night Football, which honestly, that's like a game I'm now literally looking forward to. That could be really fun. Like Cowboys Cardinals Monday Night game with Kyler balling out. If the Cowboys are clicking at that point, I mean, if the Cowboys roll into that game and they're somehow like three and one though, four and one, like that's pretty fun, Ben. That's a fun game. Not going to lie. And then we I play know. Washington and Philly back to back. Um, yeah. I mean, you could get, you could quickly buy, you know, by week eight, you could be totally in the driver's seat of this division. Like, well, the, we said this last year too, but it started three and zero against three really bad teams. Then we played two good teams, shit, both, you know, whatever you want to say, lost them. And then we played the Jets, which should have been a cakewalk, and we lost. There was no reason for us to start 3-3, three and three, and we did. And it's what ultimately cost us the division. So, but um, Seattle, it, I will it, it let us get rid of Jason Garrett. So, I know, but kind of one. I know, but we'll see. If McCarthy falls into the same tropes, then we're in trouble. But For sure. But, yeah, I, if we lose to Seattle, hey, we both predicted it. I won't. I won't be heartbroken depending on how it happens. So, uh, I would love to I'd love for us to win this game though, obviously. And uh, we've had some fun wins over Seattle before playoff win against Seattle, the Romo, uh, yeah. the Romo win over Seattle in 2014 was an amazing game. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy playing Seattle, it should be a good time. So, um, Ben, anything else we need to get to before we jump into uh, the more debaucherous segment of the podcast? No, nothing left from me. And if you made it this far, uh, we love you. I know we've we've rambled on quite a bit of ways at this point. So uh, love you to to our fans, and uh, thank you for listening again. Absolutely. So as always, if you have a uh, either a moral stance against gambling or a legitimate problem ga- with gambling, um, we recommend that you turn the podcast off at this time. Um, and if you are a degenerate who is just fast forwarded to the final 10 minutes, uh, this is your spot. My voice is guiding you in to, to yet another update on bets will be bets. I'll also say this. Uh, if you do have a problem gambling, please reach out, get some help. 1-800-522-4700, the national gambling addiction hotline. Um, I'm just covering our bases here, Ben. I don't I want to say, look at Goat being responsible. Jeez. He's hey, actually hey. had to look it up because he's getting he's getting an itch for the units. It is fun. I, I'm enjoying myself. And as someone who's fallen into bad behavior in the past, you know, I just want everyone to be aware of the resources that are available to help you. So with that said, let's get into that's bits. Peace. All right. Uh Benny Sweets. Your 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 host for the bets will be bets. My friend Dominic over there. We can't say his last oh, name. Oh, hey, how you I'm in the witness protection program. I'm in an undisclosed location. <laughs> That's right. We can't we can't give anything away, Dominic. I know you 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 you've had some real real uh, uh, insider knowledge here. That you hey, you've some people say I'm a rat. What I'm saying is they was gonna kill my whole family. So yeah, I I talked. Okay, I had to talk a little bit. Well, you I know, you're the, just I looking out for yourself. Like horrible, stereotypical, like racist voices for Italian people. Because one, I'm Italian, so we're covered. And two, like, you know, Italians are just wide open for that kind of thing. You're just totally allowed to make fun of them. So that's a good time. 
it is a good time. And you know what else is a good time, Goat? Going three and two in week two. We are now seven and three. Uh, I will re- try to remember our hitters. Uh, Seattle winning by literally a yard saved our ass for a winning record on Sunday night. That was a close one. The Steelers really hurt me. They really hurt my feelings. Steelers had this game and then they kneeled inside the 10 yard line. Like all they need to do is kick a field goal or punch that ball in and they would have covered. When, when Connor broke that huge run at the end, I was like, he's going to make it. He's, he got tackled at like the 10. And I was just like, damn it. If they'll just like punch it in for the fuck of it, we'll win this thing. And they didn't. I know so many betters died at that moment. Uh, yeah, that hurt. And then the bills, they were up like 10. They were kind of going back and forth with the dolphins. They had it back to 10 and then they let the dolphins get a fucking meaningless touchdown, like with a minute 30 left. So that one hurt us, but uh, we did go three for three or three for five. One or other two. I Not forget who best. else we put money on. Winners. Oh, the Niners and the Jets. Dude, the Jets are so sorry. Like, I love fading the Jets, but now uh, fucking Vegas has caught on and the Jets have. I'm telling you, Ben, we should seriously consider that first half the Jets plus five and a half in the first half. They've been down 23 to three both first halves of the game so far. So they are 11 point dogs to Indy now. I know, but I'm saying just do the, just do the Bovada has the first half bets, just like down five and a half at halftime. That's, that's an easy win right there. Well, You've already put, uh, we've already put, I should say, we, uh, 40 units on Texas against Texas Tech, betting against our alma mater, fading the alma mater. Always fade your alma mater. It's a great, uh, to, to it's, quote, great. Uh, it's, it's that moment in Lord of War with Nick Cage where he's like, you're not really a gun dealer until you've sold guns that kill your own countrymen. And that's where we are. You're not really a sports gambler until you're like, Man, my own team sucks. I'm gonna make money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, I put the bet in early because it was 18, and I thought it would move, but it really hasn't. Still 18, so we'll we'll see. Um, I'm hoping like people make that go down more because I would love it to be more like 17, like 18s, and but I don't know. Tech sucks, so uh, we'll see what happens. So we do have 40 units there. Um, we got four other games. I'm thinking we could go like 10 ish units a piece unless we really love somebody. Um, and I'm looking at games goat and the one that I love the lock of the century. I'm two for two in my locks. And this one is the Rams money line over the bills. The Rams are two point dogs. The Rams have been underdogs in every game and they've won. They're going to kill the bills. Yeah, I, I do like it. Uh, you know, I, I know the world is high on Josh Allen right now. He's having a great season, especially by Josh Allen standards. He's really balling out. Um, and congrats to the kid. The kid's got a cannon for an arm. Hey, we love the kid. We love the kid. Uh, you know, my cousin, Russell Buffalino, he's up in New York. He runs a cotton business up there. He loves Josh Allen. Uh, so we love Josh Allen. Um, but the point is, yes, I think the Rams um, – I think the Rams have got the the scheme and the talent. They seem to be the Rams of old as of late. Um, and I like what I see so far. So I'm, I love that. I love Moneyline Rams. Um, we already covered this, but yeah, Texas is only like 18 point, do- 18 point favorites over Tech. I said at the time of the week one game where we profited off of Houston Baptist somehow staying within a hair's breadth of Texas Tech that if it was anything less than 30, I would bet the ranch on Texas and here I am doing just that. If if Texas 
wins this game by anything less than four scores, I will be mind blown. Absolutely okay. mind blown. Um, I'll give you one that I like, Ben. I like uh, the Cardinals minus six versus Detroit. Yeah, I I don't know how ready I am to believe in Cliff and the Cardinals. They've looked good, though. I, it looks good. Kyler's balling out. And if we look at the, the Detroit Lions specifically, uh, the Detroit Lions are pretty fucking bad, Ben. Uh, they just got doubled up on by the Packers. They lost 42-21. to They're 0-2. Mm-hmm. They lost week one to the Bears. Uh, who hung 27 points on them. Um, They're bad. And I think they got to go to Arizona. They're going to be playing in a, you know, the Cardinals perfect environment, like indoor fast, perfect room temperature game where they can go out there and run cliffs, crazy offense to their hearts content. I think, uh, I think the Cardinals win this by at least a touchdown. I really do. Okay. I, I got no problem throwing some units at that. So we'll take the Rams, take the Cardinals. We obviously had our big bet with, with Texas and Tech. Um, I don't really love anyone else, dude. There's some weird games out there. We can do the first half Jets bet. Is that what we said? We I like the first half Jets bet. I just, just if nothing else, to continue the tradition of fading the Jets, which has become kind of a, a fade lovely tradition. Fade the Jets. I would make a great t-shirt. Fade the Jets. Um, Dude, if, we, if we ever, if this ever gets successful enough to where we have like a blog or its own independent podcast, we just need to call the podcast or the blog like fadethejets.com because that that's a pretty you'll you'll win most years just fading the Jets if that's all you do. Mm-hmm. The only other one I wrote down, and I know we talked about this a little bit. You're kind of against it. Um, I just it's it kind of just stuck out to me immediately was uh. The Packers are three-point underdogs to New Orleans. Um, it is in New Orleans. I know Superdome Saints, um, but with no Michael Thomas, and after watching that Raiders-Saints game, man, the Saints just look so beatable, dude. Like, in so many yeah. ways, I don't really think the Raiders are good, and the Raiders bombed on them. They made Derek Carr look like a fucking MVP. So I'm not against – I mean, we always take favorites. I was like, hey, this is an opportunity for us to bet on an underdog <laughs> – you know, but I also if we if I had to choose between this and my first half fade the Jets bet, I'm definitely choosing my first half fade the Jets. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't hate it. I'll I'll, I'll consider it. We'll see see how I'm feeling more. We for sure got what three right? Well, besides the Texas game, what are our NFL games we're doing? Wind, money line cards minus six. Oh yeah, oh, yeah you uh, like that? And then yeah. the first half Jets. So that's three. If we want one more. I'm really torn, and we'll see how the Texas. If we win the Texas bet, we have a little extra units. I could get a little more aggressive here, but I'll tell you that the other two I don't hate that I'm in between would be the Niners just lost everyone, but there's God, the Giants suck too, and they're four point dogs. I think the Niners can cover four, even with Nick Mullins. I mean, George Kittle could be coming back, so. Uh, that's so that's a, tough, dude. They're, they're just both. You're just basically betting on two teams you've never seen play because it's just like a bunch of guys that you have no idea how good they are, and they're gonna be playing each other. It's like betting on a preseason game. I'm really just betting on fading the Giants, to be honest. Yeah. Agreed. No, and don't get me wrong. Like, if the Giants just had Jimmy G back, I'd probably be like, absolutely. It's just that, like, I just don't know anything about Nick Mullins. Can he ball? Maybe. Like. 
And the other one that I like is, and I know they look like shit, but they always play like shit against the Chargers. They always do, and I think Vegas is overreacting. I want the Chiefs at plus three. You don't get the Chiefs as a dog that often, man. You don't, but man, the Chiefs showed a little bit of weakness last week against the Chargers, having to take the Chargers take them to overtime with a rookie quarterback. And the Ravens are really fucking good on both sides of the ball. They've got a hell of a defense. They have obviously they got Lamar and you know Yeah, I know, I know they ballers. I know they, they played last year and last year's last year, but the Chiefs did win that game for what it's worth. To be uh, honest with you, I'm almost tempted to take the Ra- the Ravens to win by really? more. Just I mean, oh, dude, that, dude. the Chargers aren't good. The Chargers are Dude, not. I know, but it's a division game and the Chiefs all I'm telling you, go back and look at like Chiefs versus Chargers hey, for like the know, last I don't, 10 I years. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. They always what play like, when, we're putting, when we're putting money on a game, is this really something where you're like because we 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 set out into this where we're like, hey, we're gonna put money on games where we're like, hey, we think we got some edge here, and I we're effectively flipping a coin on Chiefs Ravens, like because if yeah. the Ravens beat if the Ravens beat the Chiefs, are you gonna be shocked? Are you gonna be surprised at all? No, but I won't be surprised if the Chiefs win and they're three point. We'll see. Agreed. All right. Agreed. That's I what I'm this, like, if we win the Texas bet and we get okay, we, the yeah, forty units from that, I want to throw. I want to throw money a little bit of that extra juice on the okay, Chiefs we at one sixty. When when we win the Texas bet, we can split the u- extra units between that game and Jets first half. Fade the Jets. Oh, we're already going Jets first half. Okay, That's a okay for sure. Bet. All right, all right. No, we're for sure. I would say if we win that, I'll throw Chiefs money line because it's plus one sixty. So we get a little okay, extra right, bang for right. the book. And at that point, I don't mind gambling like a little 20 on the money line and seeing if the Chiefs win that outright. Cool. I'm in. All right. All right. Well, that's that's what you bet. Uh, you heard us hash it out here in live time, guys. I mean, that's that's what this is all about. If you have tips, please send it to BWBB Pod uh, on Twitter. I will, I will always our, be reading those messages. If, I, if any of our super fans want to like, I don't know, Nancy Kerrigan, some NFL player in the knee with a pipe right before the game and feed Ooh, us, us before they do it. Feel free. Feel free. Bet the house. Hell yeah. So Ben, uh, anything else you need to cover or, uh, we got our, we got our, everyone just, uh, if you're watching that Texas versus Texas tech game on Saturday and you see Texas whomping them, know that me and Ben are not sad at all. No, uh, I actually have some sad family news. So I'll be, uh, at a, family uh, a funeral i think but uh oh, i won't so be able to watch it at all but uh yeah I'll, I'll 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 keep up on it right on right on well uh you know condolences to you and your family i'm so sorry oh yeah thanks um i think we can end it there i don't i don't think we got much else all right well uh that'll do it for bets we bets and boys will be boys as always uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back uh, next Tuesday after the Seahawks-Cowboys game to give you the rundown of both that game and the results of both our division and all of the bets you just heard about. Um, if you've liked what you've heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating on iTunes. It helps us climb the charts, slowly taking over the podcast game, going after that uh, Joe Rogan $100 million bag from Spotify, which we will inevitably get. Um, 
And yeah, guys, as always, if you have anything that you'd like to ask us or shoot us a comment, you you just want to tell us how dumb we are, uh, feel free to shoot us either a DM on any of our uh, social media platforms, um, which I will now start linking in the episode description, or uh, you know, shoot us an email at uh, boyswillbeboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as always, this is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.